Hey, welcome back to Other Record. This is Rebecca, and today is just going to be me and you having a discussion. On this episode, I want to talk to you about holding on, holding on to your faith, holding on to love, and also holding on to God's promises. five years ago I got my first car I was so proud Um, I was able to buy it on my own one of my friends at church um, she was selling it and um, her brother who's my (laughs) brother-in-law said oh yeah my sister's selling her car and most expensive or the most I would spend on a car two thousand dollars because I was bad on my own pocket and ever I was living basically on my own when my parents weren't living with me here in the city. Um, And I had been able to save up some money and I wanted to buy a car because I had been on Muni or public transportation, how we call it here in the city, for a long time. And it was unsafe, unsafe. So I um, buy the car. I had told her. Today, Tuesday, I can only pay you half of it, but by Friday, um, I'm getting the full amount, so please wait on me. Don't sell it to anyone else. Sweet. She was selling it. She had taken really good care of her car, very clean. Um, She even, like, decorated with different things and put the name because it was a 2003 Ford Focus. It was, like, brown or beige, and it was... um, my first car ever. (laughs) I felt so proud of myself. I was like, this is it. Um, This is my car. So um, it was the first time I went on my own um, to travel from the city all the way around my best friend. So we were able to, I was able to do a lot of things with that car. And one of the things that I loved about driving, which is something I don't think I realized was a possibility to do which which was to enjoy my time with God while driving I think a lot of drivers might agree with this that there's a solace there's a solitude when you're driving you're behind the wheel yes your body is in control of everything your foot is on the pedal on the um on the gas, on the brake, your hand is moving, you know, parking, reverse, drive, and you have to have your entire basic um, senses like really alert because um, driving is about a huge responsibility and it's really important um, in our world. But it's also a moment to speak to God, is a moment to reflect, is a moment to enjoy it. Um, that's why I know maybe a lot of people listen to the radio or listen to other podcasts and you're just listening and you're going in your car, you're driving, you're thinking, you're thinking, you're reflecting and you're also moment. So driving in my first ever car, I was really thankful to God. Um, he had brought me a sense of security, which I did not imagine feeling so, thankful for that and so much gratitude as a young woman in living in a city that's really um I don't I cannot say San Francisco (laughs) it's it's incredibly dangerous dangerous but there are parts that are dangerous and it's also if you're a single woman and you're alone like at 10 30 p.m 
in a really dark scene or by Folsom, yeah, you got to watch out. So I was, um, there were moments where there were drug addicts or alcoholics or even people who just wanted to probably do something in their minds to you. And you had to, you sense the a sense of urgency to get out of the way and get out of there and just move because you were unsafe. So driving in my brown, <laughs> in my brown for focus, I was like living the life of that single independent girl. And I felt so proud, but also really thankful to God for it. And it was the first time I also heard the song I'll Keep On by NF. Um, if none of you have heard NF, <laughs> he is a um, Christian rapper and he sings a song featuring another artist that's called Keep On. And this song is is just one of those songs that gets to you because you understand where he's coming from. You understand the lifestyle that he's living and also, well, maybe not because you're not an artist or a singer, but you understand um, in a sense that, in, in, in a faith sense. So like many of us connect to an example, right? And even if um, you listen, for example, to many songs that are about romance or breakups, you relate to it in a sense. So in this, you know, sense, like with NF, this song is called I'll Keep On. And it starts just really simple. It, it sounds like he didn't use many instruments. It was just like, uh, you know, the guitar, the, the drums and maybe some backup in the, you know, but it was just the right moment um, because I was living by myself, mo mostly by myself um, in the city and um, without my parents here, which was the first time like really go independent. I had my car. I was like jamming. I was praying to God in my car, you know, driving from work to church to the house. It, it was just like, um, you know, it, it, it was many moments where I was embracing everything that was happening, but there were also moments where um, I felt lonely and I felt like, you know, wow, this is this is hard. It's hard balancing everything. It's difficult to do it on your own as well. But um, many songs, not just NFs, but many songs, including this one, were of huge support for me, um, where um, they, they showed me like some sense of hope that other people were also um, encountering many moments in their lives. Who knows what they were encountering, but they were encountering something that was difficult, and so was I. So the chorus, which is like so beautiful and so simple, yet so important, and it says, Oh, these hands are tired. Oh, this heart is tired. Oh, this soul is tired. But I'll keep on, I'll keep on. I'll keep on. So even in the moments where you're so, so happy and, 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 you know, you're feeling accomplished, you're feeling like you're getting something done. There's also those dark moments. There's only places. Sometimes we are able to experience moments where we did not realize that we could experience because there are new moments. Um, and that's the reason why in this episode, I want to talk um, this week. The, the, that was the, the main thing that was coming up, like holding on to my faith, holding on to God, holding on to his promises, holding on to his love. And th there have been moments where the Lord has ministered me 
through music this week and I just have loved it completely. But it's about really holding on to faith, holding on to believing that there is that tomorrow, that there is that moment where he will bring that um, the peace where he will bring uh, like a sense of relief, like an, an end to a struggle or an end to a battle or an end to a war. And I am now 27 years old. <laughs> so I have encountered my own type of battles, my own type of wars, my own type of like real life struggles. And I think older women, if they're listening, they might, um, they might relate or might not because I'm not married. I don't have any children and younger women or young women my age um, who listen to this, they might relate also and just say, it's true. I'm just listening to words that bring you hope. Oh, this, these hands are tired. Oh, this heart is tired. Oh, this soul is tired, but I'll keep on, I'll keep on, I'll keep on. So I was driving and, and just talking to God and thanking him, but also telling him my issues, telling him my experiences, telling him like, I thought you were with me, you know, I, um, what's going on? Like this moment is happening, you know, um, my parents are not living with me. Um, I'm basically on my own. People are looking at me kind of weird um, because I'm not married um, or, you know, I might be a little too independent for a Christian girl. <laughs> um, what is it that you want from me? And, and and it was always these songs about holding on to my faith that were the ones that brought that hope for me, that gave me that strength to keep going. Because even, even in, in moments where you cannot understand anything that's happening around you, you have to move on or you have to hold on. And what, when I, and what I'm talking about today is just holding on to that hope, holding on to that faith. Like I have believed in Jesus Christ and I am believing that not only did he come for me to this world and died on the cross so I can have salvation, but he also ascended again to the heavens, promising to come back for me. That's what he did. And that's what he has done. And that's what I have to believe and keep that faith that he that he will come back one day. The Bible talks many times about Jesus coming back and how is he going to find us? Because it says that when he comes back, there might be little faith in the world. And we don't want that to be the case in us. We want to hold on to something. We want to hold on to that belief. We don't want him to come back and just be like, um, what happened to all the faithful ones? <laughs> what happened to all the believers? Did they not stick it out? Did they not fight through it? Were they not able to to understand what I wanted to show them through those difficult moments? Were they not strong enough? And the Bible also says that going to heaven um, is for those that actually make it through to the end. If you don't make it through to the end, and how do you do that? How can you make it through to the end? Many people right now, young people, are struggling to keep their faith. They're struggling to keep that in that belief in a God that they learned when they were little. I remember hearing many, many stories about God. I remember hearing the the heroes specifically, the heroes in the Bibles. I remember hearing about David. Everybody knows that he was that young man who defeated the giants, you know, with rocks, right? Everyone knows about Daniel and his friends. Everyone knows that 
Daniel did not want to contaminate himself in Daniel chapter one and that his friends were saved <laughs> from the fire in chapter three. You know, it, it, it's you. We learn these examples of these men who we see only as the the superheroes, but in fact, they were humans as well. Daniel and his friends were they came royalty. That's what the Bible says that that king and Daniel did not want in his palace men, young men who came from royalty. He wanted them to be smart, intelligent, to be good looking. He wanted them to have certain qualifications and Daniel and his friends had that. But they also had something extra that the king, I think, did not imagine them having. And that was a belief of faith in God. They had a belief really strong and they were in captivity. They were not free royals. They were royals who were captive in a palace, living under a king who did not believe in God and did not practice what they had practiced since they were little kids. We live in a world that does not practice what we learned since we were little. We live in a world that we are constantly in sometimes moments or in situations that feel like we're in captivity liberated enough and and that's what it is to be a child of God to hold on to something and I remember um specifically with with the three friends of Daniel um the king was like you better do this you better bow down to the statue that I built and they said um you know what we don't even have to respond to you about this we know that the God we believe in is going to save us so these are the stories that we hear when we were little and now we are living in situations that are very difficult to keep that faith because they threw you in a fire or, or anyone, <laughs> um, any situation fe- might feel like a fire. But wh- what can you do? How can you go through this? So uh, this is what I'm talking about of holding on, of holding on to, to your faith, of holding on to God, of holding on to his promises, because it's not going to be easy. I think many people that grew up in church um, might experience that mentality of saying, you know what, I thought it was going to be easier. I thought it was going to be um, like a smooth sailing from here on out because I believe in God. In fact, it's sometimes the opposite because every situation you're going to go through, God is going to see how how far, how far can you go? How long can you hold on? And those are going to be the moments that are testing you. And I used to I used to do this. I think I still do. Well, a little bit, <laughs> not as much probably. Um, I used to tell God, test me. Try me. Because I wanted to see. I, I, I don't know if, it, if it's that I wanted to see for myself or I wanted him to see how much how much I loved him. There was something in me that was like challenging my own self to see how much I loved him, how much I had believed in him and how much I will continue to do so. And it, and it has been a journey since I was a little girl because I gave my life to God when I was little. I was born in church, but you don't give your life as soon as you're born. Your parents give your life, you know, temple and he stayed there. So our parents if you grew up in church and even maybe even before that, because when you're born, everyone is incredibly thankful and they think about God and they say, like, God is so wonderful. 
he is. And then the, our Christian parents, um, they give your entire life to your choice when you get older to actually do that on your own. Because they can't save you. They can present their prayers to God for you or of you, but they can't save you. They won't be able to make that important decision of actually giving your entire being to God. So in doing that, and when I did that when I was little, I was really sure of it. Um, wavering about who God was. I know a lot of people question, who is God? How does he look like? How does he sound like? Why hasn't he done this? And and it's interesting how that happens. But there's a, a sense, and in, in I think some of us, that don't require... Um, I think there there are moments in our lives where we will always say, show me, right? Like, show me you're here. Show me you're here. And, 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 but as a child, you don't have that. You have that innocence, that belief, that certainty, that whatever some tells you, and even in yourself, you believe strongly, you hold on to that. You hold on to that belief and say, God is real. And I know he can hear me and I know he sees me. And one of the things that I was really amazed at is that once I gave my life to God, many, many things started happening like quickly. Um, not everything was perfect. Um, no situation, I think, in anyone's life, Christian or non-Christian, will ever be perfect because we do not live in a perfect world. But for me, once I gave my life to God, it was around the age of six, I believe. And that's where I started singing. I started singing um, uh, children. I was able to minister older people, which was really weird for a six-year-old to do, I feel. But I know many people who grew up in church can relate to that. If you were involved in the worship or were involved in even um, bringing the word or sermon or preaching, then you can relate to what I'm talking about. That is really strange to think about a child ministering an adult when it should be the opposite. But in fact, with God, there is no exception to age. And he utilizes anyone. So at the age of six, that's where um, I began to sing. And I began to see what music can actually do and how it can provoke the presence of God to move in such a powerful way. So when once I did that, I gave my life and um, many things in my family were not as clear. If that makes sense, anything if that makes any sense. Many things with God were very clear, like I knew I had to live for him. I knew that I had to represent him and I knew that I was made to live for him but in my family there were many many situations happening and struggles and and things that were very difficult to understand as a child so that's when the adolescence came as well around 11 around 12 around 13 where my entire life felt like you know no like this doesn't make sense and um and I felt very uncomfortable in my own skin. I felt very unworthy of God's love. Even though my faith never left, I held on to that. Like I held on to, to my faith 
for as much as I could. Like I, I couldn't let that go because that was, I feel like it, it was already in my veins. It was part of me, my identity. It was not something that could be separated from me. So I held on to my faith, but it was very difficult to, to hold on to the feeling that you're worth um, somebody taking care of you in that, in that way, like God does of how much he takes care of you through many circumstances in your life. And, um, and I, and that was around like 11, 12, 13 middle school was a drag. <laughs> I did not like middle school at all. If you did, I applaud you, but I just did not like it. I think you're getting to know yourself. You're getting to know your skin. Um, if you're not a social person, like I wasn't at all, um, it's very hard to be able to find who you are with other people, who you are with adults, who you are with other kids as well. It's not easy. So um, through all those years, since I was six years old, and then I got baptized um, around the age of 12, I think the the main thing was just holding on. And and the people that surrounded me, um, I can only talk specifically to my mom. And happy Mother's Day to anyone listening. <laughs> it was yesterday. And um, we celebrated with her yesterday. And one of the things I think I have always told her every year, this year, however, um, some of my sisters like took that you know role of like having speeches or writing something down, and I thought it was really beautiful. So, but most of the years for Mother's Day, I just acknowledge that I acknowledge her and being that um, that rock because she was a true rock through all those moments where, um, even though she didn't really ask me what was happening with me or what's going on. Um, which I encourage a lot of people to do. Please do so with your children. Don't give up on that, even though you might sound incredibly annoying. <laughs> um, but she never stopped praying. And, and I think that that was what also helped me to hold on to faith because I saw somebody holding on too. Like I wasn't the only one, right? Holding on to that thread or, or, or that rope. It, it was somebody else also doing it. And I was a witness to their prayers. I was a witness to um, their vigils. I was a, a witness to the persistence for him to listen. And and that, I think that's what hold, that helps you hold on to God's faith or, or to your own faith of God because you see somebody else do it. If you're on your own and you feel like, you know, I'm drowning here and I can't see anyone that's also following God and why should I even do this because it's not, hold on because probably somebody's watching you hold on. So, um... That's what happened through those years of like, you know, struggling, you know, to find your identity, to feel comfortable in your own skin, um, to understand the situations that were very clear, you know, because of the Bible and God, but also unclear as to how he was protecting or guarding you um, when probably your family is a chaos. So I think that, that those are some of the emotional components that come with that. Um, but one of the things that I just I loved, you know, through that whole, you know, um, being six, getting baptized at 12 and then, you know, trying to identify myself, you know, in, in a way that's godly and also my own independence or who he made me to be because each of us. And, and it's it's one of the the things in this journey of holding on um, many people who talk about faith. Um, share their experiences and 
I just wanted to join into the conversation. <laughs> I, I wanted to say it's not an easy thing to hold on to your faith. It's not an easy thing to hold on to believing that somebody loves you. And and I think with specifically love, if you've been rejected many times in your life, if you've been abandoned many times in your life, or even just once, it only takes one experience for you to be like, no, this is not for me. And, and it feels horrible to even say that because every human being was made to love, like Toby Mac says, um, but also... Um, we were made out of love. And I think that's one of the most important things that sometimes we forget that love is the strongest thing that there is. And holding on to God's love, holding on to the belief that somebody li- like loves you so much, like somebody actually loves you so much. So um, I think holding on to God's love is you giving yourself a chance as well. You have to give yourself a chance to be loved. Um, don't reject his love. And I think, you know, with God specifically, because we cannot see him, we see him in different people, right? We see him in children. Um, we see like their genuine laugh. We see when they hug us and they're so happy that they reach their little arms to you and just squish you so tight because they're so happy to see you. That is God's love. When somebody holds your hand and they said, I got you, I got your back. I see you and I'm holding on that I'm holding on to that faith that God is with you. One of the things I think it was another podcast, but I'm not sure if it was, but I think it is um, one of the really famous pastors right now um, in our decade, I feel, or in this moment in time, um, he has his own podcast and I don't want to get it wrong. So I'm not going to mention his name, but if you know who it is, and I think I got this right. Um, he said to put a reminder in your phone, a reminder in your phone that, you know, that is every week or every day, uh, however you wanted it to be. And when I was listening to one of his sermons or preachings, I, this has been the first pastor ever to just make me sob on my own because I had never seen his face. I had never seen um, how he looked like or or where he came from. I only clicked on the podcast and then he started preaching and I was like, what is this fire coming out of this man? So one of his preachings was so important for me because he said to put a reminder in your phone and put these words or this phrase that said, God is with me and for me right now. So every Saturday at 3 p.m., that is the phrase that comes out of my phone. And every time I see it, it reminds me to breathe, take a moment to acknowledge that. And it always makes me smile because it reminds me that he got me. He loves me. And it is in that preaching was such a huge blessing for me. So thank you, Pastor. And I don't want to say the name because I don't want to get it wrong because it could be another pastor who said it. Um, But I appreciate that so much because that experience taught me, um, one, that the word of God is always the best and is always the strongest. um, But that I am not the I'm not alone in this. I am not alone in holding on. I am not alone in holding on. So that that notification comes out of my phone, you know, every Saturday 
at 3 p.m. and I see it and it says God is with me and for me right now. So I'm not I'm not only not alone, but I also have somebody that is with me in this. Like like this is something that's important to someone else. And you know how when you say like, you know, no one has my back, um, no one keeps me, you know, I feel all alone. No, there's somebody. This is not the end. And holding on to that belief loves you is so powerful because if that brings a smile to my face every Saturday at 3 p.m. when I see that in my notification, then I am sure that every time you open the word of God, you go to Psalms, you go to Proverbs, you go to Ecclesiastes, you go to Genesis, you go to Matthew or, you know, Ephesians, um, Titus, and any book that you open up is going to bring you a word of hope. And I think that's so important to hold on to that very firmly, because if you don't hold on to that very firmly, then holding on is going to look like, you know, you're barely holding on. Um, like many people say, oh, like, like if you are, if you're, if you're holding on to that faith, if you're holding on loves you, that is something that, you know, will be strong in your life. And remember watching my mom, you know, and you said, but I'm in this battle, but actually somebody can be watching. Please don't forget that. I think it is not, is one of those have to, um, how, how can I hold on? How can I sing like NF does right in his chorus, um, with his featuring artists? Oh, these hands are tired. Oh, this heart is tired. Oh, this soul is tired, but I'll keep on, I'll keep on, I'll keep on. Is one of those, you know, things that the Bible clearly states and says, holding on to faith, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Some people, some individuals, even Christians, like we reject that understanding that holding on to our faith, good. And we cannot reject that. We cannot explain even like how it feels sometimes to live in other people's shoes because we're not living it. But holding on to it, it, it it's something so important. Holding on to faith and good conscience. That is so important. And in in first of Timothy, which is what I read right now, first of Timothy one nineteen, that is what Timothy is explaining that holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. So once you let go of that rope that you're holding on to, or in, in Christian life, we, we really say like holding on to the rock. You know who the rock is, is Jesus. So holding on to that faith in a good conscience, rejected and so have, shipped, have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. If we hold on to that, we're not going to suffer as much as probably others do because it's easy to let go of the rope do not have that mistaken you say oh no god is always going to be there but if you let go you're allowing other things to come in and you don't want that you have to have faith hold on really tight to that love you have to hold on because if you want to suffer a shipwreck in regard to your faith if anyone has seen a movie (laughs) about boats Everyone watched Titanic. That was the first movie at Peter's. How horrible was it to see the that boat? How horrible was it to see it break piece by piece? Because the water doesn't start is alive. 
And it will come in if you let go of that. So holding on to your faith is really on you. But holding on and making sure that you don't suffer that shipwreck. It will also... The amount or, or the force that you put into fighting into holding on. There, there is something in you that has to fight for that. Because no one else is going to do it. So holding on to your faith firmly without rejecting it. Because it will save shipwreck. And specifically shipwreck. Because Timothy is not just talking about like shipwreck. Oh like you know my life is going to go upside down. No shipwreck with regard to the faith. Because once you let go of that rock, you let go of that rope that's really tight around your arm, you go. If anything lets go, we let go. But God is not going to let you go. And then you don't want to suffer that shipwreck in regards to your faith. Because that to come back to. I've never done it. So I don't have that experience um, to share with you guys of leaving God. I don't have that experience. I think I have had so many close people to me experience and recently it's so interesting how God is answering so many prayers and I feel like he's answered but when I hear somebody say I miss it and they're talking about his presence I miss it and they're talking about his community and what they miss really is that connection that you have when you're holding on to that rock when you're holding on, you're holding on to him. You're holding on to the one that is unmovable. He won't move. So just make move. Hit. Like we all know that story, that parable where it says that um, that wise man built his house over the rock and then the other one built it over the sand and once the winds came, the waters came, the rain. The one that moved on the rock. Because it's easy to build things on things that don't lie, not strong enough. And and that's what Timothy is saying. Just hold on tight. You know, hold on to that chins. Which some have rejected. Some some have said, you know what, I'm going I'm to let go. This is too much for me. It's too, I'm struggling. I'm like suffocating. But then that's where it says break with regard to the faith. And that's something we don't want to do. That's why NF sings that I'll keep on, I'll keep on, I'll keep on. Because even if my hands are tired, even if my heart is tired, even if my soul is tired, on. Because it's about trust, right? You know, holding on, it's really, really learned for a long time what God can do and it's about holding on to that trial and when it comes to his promises read the Bible and if you're just starting to read the Bible congratulations it's a fantastic book <laughs> um, which many people live and it says that it was inspired inspired by God it was inspired by him. And I think there's nothing more beautiful than something being inspired by God. And it was a way that uh, it has many, many researchers, many people still investigating what something means. And I think that's so fantastic because God literally says in his Bible also that, that there's some mysteries. There's some for the human. 
for humanity because he did not want certain things to be known um, until he wants them to be known. So if we keep questioning things, you know, I guess he meant it like that. But it's about his problem. From the time you open the book of Genesis to the time it ends with Revelation, I think it's one of the, the most powerful things to be able to encounter God's promises. He tells humanity, and I don't know if, if if I already mentioned this, but one of the things that impacts me the most is when he tells someone that we as humans may judge as worthy. Promises that it, it is it makes us understand what his like his heart is like. In his promises, holy, because person who committed uh, who committed a murder has read the bible yes murders existed so he 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 committed the first murder in the bible god questions him he answers very rudely and doesn't even admit what he had done but then god is like you know the blood of your brother the one that you just killed is screaming from the earth all the way to the heaven. And obviously, who is going to lie to God? Who can lie? And then God, yes. And it's so interesting because even when he is condemning him, um, no one will ever be able to touch you. No one is going to touch you. Like, I'm, you're, you don't have a a holy, holy promise in me anymore, but no one will be able to touch you. And if somebody wants to touch you, they will be destroyed. So even after Cain's murder, making his, God is still with him. God still gave him a promise and told him, no one's going to touch you. I'm going to create a barrier around you. I'm going to surround you because you were still part of the first family. Of the first creation. And I love my creamens. I love what I love you. And even if you. me, No one will ever be able to touch you. And if somebody wants to touch you. They won't be able to be, be with you. So that was God's promise. And ever believed. Uh, that say being. Can be so amazing. Until I I read it. I read that story. Be right. Um. Cain killed his brother and he was the son who was the eldest and he just didn't like that God didn't like his offering and now an eight one that's how many Sunday schooling <laughs> goes um I had the Saturday so you know that that the, those we the after moments that God was there for the people that he loved because he loves his creation so from the moment that I heard that God's promises remain and they will still remain until the day that we die because he I will never leave you that's that's literally what he says and that's another promise in itself I will never leave you and I think one of the things that we cannot forget like Titus 1 9 says he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine 
and refute those who oppose it. So we must hold firmly to that message that we learned when we were little so that we can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Anyone that says that God is not good, we have to refute that. We have to be able to know how to do that. Because if you have read the Bible, if you have believed in God, then there's a trust that you know in that message that was very clear from the beginning that God loves the world, that God keeps the world, that God maintains the world in his hand. And it is only about about us holding firmly. So this is not about, you know, holding, just holding, you know, when certain people tie their shoes, some of them are a little bit more aggressive than others. <laughs> I'm one of the ones that are is a little bit more aggressive. But that's because I just want to make sure that my shoelaces are tied the right way. Or else every time I walk, you know, they're going to be um, loosening and I don't want that. I want to make sure that you know, the bunny ear and the other bunny ear, and then you interwine these two and then you pull, but you have to pull hard and then you double knot it. And if you have to triple knot it, depending on the shoe that you're wearing, then triple knot it. But it says about holding on firmly because we want to make sure that those shoes are tied, that they're not going to be loosening up in this path that we're walking because we can't do that. We can't, we cannot let loose that message that we were taught when we were little that we were taught when we heard it the first time we heard it we said God loves you and we cannot let go of that God has promises for you and we cannot let go of that hold firmly to that trustworthy message that has been taught to us so that we as as believers can encourage others who are lacking in their faith, who are lacking in that love, who are lacking in believing and still holding on to that God's promises that, that he's going to keep his people it firmly. And it's about trusting that. And the last thing I leave you normal. If you fail, if you fail in holding, if you like, like, um, leave that we said it in, in Timothy, where it says that people have, you know, rejected into the faith which is a lot of people. It's not, it's not just one in a thousand. You know, it's a go. Because holding on is not an easy thing. Um, yesterday, we went to the beach after Mother's Day because Tina has been, like, exhausted. So we where there wasn't a lot of people, just to make that. Um, and we stayed on the edge, a little bit on the edge, where the rocks, you know, were more. And I was just going to sit. I just wanted to walk and in and out. And then on the side, I see my little sister with my dad and and they're jumping like over um, some rocks. And I'm like, what are they doing? I'm just going to stay here. But then I turn around and my little sister waves her hand and she says to come along. And I'm always up for adventures. Maybe I'll discover. When I went, I was barefoot. So obviously it hurt a little bit. And I swim. It might seem silly. Um, but I do not know how to swim. So I always stay at the edge. I never go into the waves because I'm terrified of drowning. <laughs> but I realized that. And then I, I, there was a, a rock that was darker than the rest. And it, it, ha it was like jagged. It had, it had, it seemed like it had teeth, like a dinosaur would have teeth. Like, and then I began to touch it, but it was so strong. And then we went on to the other side and there was like a little, cliff where I kind of I climbed because there was an area like a patch green and it was a green that had a grown 
And then I just stay there for close my eyes. Those won't reach me. And even if I feel a little bit in the air, it hurt me. Because I'm safe, safe. And that's what it is to hold on to Jesus Christ. Hurt. Pain you. Know how to swim like me? Then you're in danger ground. <laughs> you're it's a danger. But if you stay, in my case, I remain in the rock. And I feel safe there. Close my eyes while the really dark, like really strong. The waves are, are hitting in, in, in a way that you can hear it. And when you close your eyes, the waves you. But when you close your eyes, sitting on that rock, even if you a little bit, but the but it won't overwhelm you because you're holding on tight to a rock bowl. And just like a patch of green grew on a a patch, because the water is gonna keep hitting you, but you're holding on to the rock. You'll give fruit, and like it says there, like if you don't hold on firmly, you. That's how it is. Hold on firmly. In that, in, in trusting that the message that was taught to you, it's what's true. That God is for you. That God is with you. That God loves you. And that God's his promises. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Just like NF said. <laughs> and that song. And just if you're in a car listening, put on that song. You, you'll hear it and you'll be like, I relate to this. Or just put on a song that encourages you. Because even if the water reaches your toes or your ankles or your legs, it, you are not going to drown. Because he's your rock. You're safe in him. All right, friends. Until next time. Bye-bye.